Dankjewel. Dank Dank <laughs> he must have cashed that check early. <laughs> Thank you, Rusty. Wow, what a crowd. Good grief. 240, maybe, Ross? Welcome, all of you. Uh, Bienvenue, les amis. A little French lingo. So welcome, friends, guests, and reverend fathers. I always love to be able to say reverend fathers. It makes a wonderful event when you have Catholic clergy in your midst. How many of you have ever been on a rosary uh, that had a, a, cr a crowd as large as this one? Maybe on a pilgrimage somewhere. Yeah, this was, this was an amazing, beautiful, wonderful thing. So as Rusty said, I am your MCMC, a native son of Louisiana, first, and these United States second. I'd like to tell you a story as we get started here today about my family. And the reason I want to tell you a story about my family is because my family is your family. Where's Miss Tammy at? Because. She's a Richard. I'm a Gidry, but I guarantee you we're cousins. Not in the West Virginia sense of the word. In the Louisiana sense of the word. In September of 1784, my great-grandfather, eight generations back, removed, Claude Guidry. Any Guidrys here? It's impossible. There has to be one. a... We got one. We got at least one Guidry. I'm a Guidry. <laughs> Claude Guidry and his four adult sons, Jean-Baptiste, Charles, Joseph-Marie, Pierre Javier, and along with their families, signed their names uh, on a list of Frenchmen who volunteered to relocate to this strange new world and this place called the Territory of Louisiana. Jean-Baptiste, a carpenter, and his family boarded the Le Bon Papa at Nantes on the 10th of May, 1785, for their voyage to Louisiana. They arrived in New Orleans on the 29th of July in 1785, and began their new life in this strange new land that we call Louisiana. The next month, Joseph, who was a caulker, Charles, a pit sawyer, and Pierre, who was a workman, and their families boarded the Le Beaumont for their voyage to the new land. They made the trip in 69 days and arrived in Louisiana on the 19th of August, 1785. Claude, that's my grandfather, his wife, Anne Moise, and their six children boarded, boarded the La Ville d'Archangel. Or did I say that right, Rose? La Ville d'Archangel. On the 12th of August, 1785, upon reaching Belize, they got a little off course. <laughs> the ship ran aground. This was on the 4th of November. They had run out of food days before, and over three dozen people had gotten sick, so they sent word to New Orleans and supplies were sent down from the Crescent City. The ship finally made it to New Orleans on the 3rd of December, 1785. Shortly after arriving, Claude received from the Spanish government two knives, two hatchets, three axes, a shovel, and a hoe. Sounds like they wanted Claude to work. <laughs> Claude and his family, along with his adult son, Pierre, and his family settled near Fort Bouti at Passe Manchac, near the Mississippi River in what is today St. Gabriel. 
St. Gabriel for you English-speaking people. <laughs> Due to the flooding of the Mississippi River during the last growing season, they, along with all the other Acadians there, lost their crops. Shortly after that, in 1800, they migrated southeast and settled along what today we call Bayou Lafouche. My papa Claude died on the 8th of August, 1797, in Iberville Parish. He was 83 years old. My grandmother, Anne Moise, died in 1797 in Lafouche. She was 64 years old. The point of my story is my family has never left this great state. From that day in 1785 till this day, there has always been descendants here in Louisiana of the man who was affectionately known as T. Claude. How many of you know a T? <laughs> T. Claude Guidry, and I am one of them. In fact, I'm sure some of you in this room, as I said earlier, were my cousins. Like many of you, my Louisiana family has contributed much to this union of states of ours. My Uncle Dennis fought and was injured in the Korean War, or my Uncle Denny. My great-grandfather Denny was drafted by the communist Woodrow Wilson and fought on the Manchino Line. When he returned home, he joined the United States Postal Service, and by the time I was a whopping baby boy in 1962, he was the Postmaster General of Tarrytown, Gretna, and Marrero, Louisiana. I have ancestors who were killed in the War of Northern Aggression. Yes, all was lost at Appomattox. Making me and my siblings members of the Sons of the Confederacy. How many of you are SCV? And no, we were never slave owners. We were French Catholics. We knew better. I say all this as prelude to today because I wager you that my story is probably lame to many of your stories whose gallant French ancestors accomplished much more than mine did. Well, we all have one thing in common. We come from French Catholic stock, the best kind of stock in the world. So for the rest of the day, I'll be holding the applause sign out. And then on this side, the laughter sign. We're all sons of Charles the Magnificent. You know him today as Charlemagne. We're all sons of St. King Louis IX of France. Many of us are sons of the Vendée. I am a son of the Vendée. Do you have relatives that go back to the Vendée? I do. Michael's German, right? But you've been to the Vendée every year. He knows the people of the Vendée well. Wonderful people. The Vendée is a southern region in France that is more beautiful than paintings and words can possibly describe. If you've never been there and you get the chance, go. As a matter of fact, you can go with that guy right there. He does pilgrimages. We are gathered here today in honor of the men who fought the Jacobin Illuminati of the French Revolution. That's right, they were Masons. They were Illuminati. We called them Jacobins. That's a friendly name to call them. Call them what they are. Precursors to socialists, precursors to communists. All demonic. And what we call today the French Revolution, that's who the men of the Vendée were. They fought. And who were the men of the Vendée? Well, in the words of Professor Anthony, uh, uh, Professor, uh, Professor Anthony Asolin, they were noble, poor, peasant farmers, but they were united in faith against the evil of their time. 
Professor Rosolan wrote a wonderful essay about the men of the Vendée. I'm just going to quote one paragraph from it. Modern revolutions have never really come from the common people. The landsmen of the Vendée did not hate their masters. Something about working in the earth breeds a hardy race of men who hold their heads high, even as they doff their hats to greet the Marquis when he reviews the fields. Pamphlets don't unite people. Mud unites people. Revolutionary slogans don't stick to that kind of a man. Clay sticks to him. And when the Lord dismounts and you walk with him into the marshes, your rifle slung over your shoulder, slogging on to the covert in the cold before daybreak, waiting for the woodcock and the grouse, and you talk about hunting with your father, and he talks about hunting with his father, you are more at once, and it, as one people at that time, more than any slogan of brotherhood could ever make you. Even though he is the master and you are but the man, that is not to mention when rich and poor together fall to their knees at the holy sacrifice of the mass. Close quote. That's not like the kind of man I'd like to fight a war with. And make no mistake about it. The evil that lurks in our time is pleading for good men of the Catholic faith to wage war against it. And Louisiana is worth fighting for. And we have a just cause for that fight. As my friend, the walking priest, Father Lawrence Carney says, any land that has been consecrated to Christ once can be reclaimed for Christ by men worthy of doing so. Are you worthy? This is a rally, guys. Yes. yes, thank you. This is not a sermon. It's not a homily. Heaven forfend. It's a rally. My job is to get you worked up. Ross is going to fire me. In closing, gentlemen, and I'm going to call you a name. Why are you going to call me a name? It's a good name. Gentlemen of Nouvelle Vendée, the New Vendée. Let me give you all, and all of us, a crash course in just how worthy this land, its heritage, and its culture is worth fighting for. By the way, for those of you who have never been here, you might have noticed that you rolled into this, the Cologne Center from very flat land, and all of a sudden it got hilly. Did you notice that? Who knows why? Anyone? Any geologist here? You're in the middle of the Mississippi Riverbed. The river used to flow right through here. That hill right there is the west bank. That hill behind me is the east bank. This is where the Mississippi River, this fertile land, it's Louisiana. You can farm here. You can grow anything here. <laughs> that's, that's right. So let me tell you a little bit about Louisiana what's, and why it's worth fighting for. Did you know, for example, at the turn of the last century, Louisiana was known as the cradle of Catholicism in the Mississippi River Valley? Louisiana. We are home to the oldest continual running Catholic girls school on the continent, the Ursuline Academy, still going today. Did you know that? It was under and by the request of New Orleans Archbishop Napoleon Perche that the devotion to the holy face, where's our holy face? Oh, it's in the back, okay. That the devotion to the holy face came to these shores, and indeed it was Archbishop Perche's request that made it available to the entire Catholic world. Did you know that? 
Archbishop Parche went to Tours, saw the miracles, wrote a letter to Pope Leo, His Holiness of Blessed Memory, Pope Leo XIII, pleading for him to extend the devotion to his diocese here in, in, in New Orleans. And Pope Leo did. The miracles began to happen immediately. And Archbishop Perche wrote him back again and he said, your, your, your Holiness, I implore you to make the devotion to the holy face of our Lord universal. And he did. So the holy face devotion passes right through Louisiana. How many of you knew that? Come on, it's a rally! The last Eucharistic Congress in the United States of America was in 1938. Where was it held? In New Orleans. Come on, it's a rally! Our beloved LSU. 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 Our beloved LSU was founded as a seminary. Did you know that? For young men. Then converted to a training center for officers of Louisiana militias who fought the war of northern aggression. LSU. LSU. <laughs> we all exist under the loving gaze and guide of Our Lady of Prompt Succor. By the way, it's not Prompt Succor. Don't, don't try to be fancy. <laughs> Our Lady of Prompt Succor. I see Father Thompson is here and Father Parton. I got chastised once by Monsignor Calkin for saying prompt succour. And he was like, Michael, oh, it's, please, it's sucker. It's not a dirty word. <laughs> Where yet? We all exist under the guise, the loving gaze and guide of Our Lady of Prompt Succor, or Succor. <laughs> Little Sweetheart, as she is, as the Ursuline sisters call her. Any of you ever seen Little Sweetheart? You can still go to the Ursuline, the, uh, the church of, the, uh, of Our Lady of Prompt Succor, Succor. Um, <laughs> our queen, let's just call her our queen. You can still go to the church of our queen in New Orleans, and she's still there. She's only about this tall. She's very... That's why they call her a little sweetheart. She's beautiful. You'll cry. You'll weep. Our Lady of Prompts. <laughs> our Queen. <laughs> our Queen is our Queen because she worked so many miracles. I can't list them all here, but let me just give you the most famous one the Battle of New Orleans. So beautiful, loving, and potent was she that the Protestant Andrew Jackson, on his way back out of town, stopped to thank Sister Saint Michel for her prayers and for the intercession of Little Sweetheart. True story. Our former queen city in this state, New Orleans, is named in honor of the Maid of Orleans, Saint Jean d'Arc. She's ours. Man of the Vendée. <laughs> Men of the Vendée, women of the Vendée, she's ours. She's our saint. Our state is named for a canonized saint and is the only state in the Union that can say that it's named for a canonized Catholic saint. Who can say that? Let's act like it. Miles from here lie the relics of venerable or blessed, whatever she is, Charlene Richard. She's our saint. In your diocese, she is your saint. In this diocese, she is your saint. Down the Mississippi River lie the relics of blessed Xavier Zelos. 
less than a mile from where Blessed Xavier Zelos is, lie the remains of Blessed Henri de Lille, or Venerable Henri de Lille. Besides Father Thompson, you can't answer. Who knows why she's so blessed, Henri de Lille? Do you know what she did? She brought an end to concubinage. She brought an end to Protestants mating, if you will, with slaves, with black slaves. She brought an end to it. It ended because of her prayers and her devotion. How many souls were saved as a result of that? Our state's flag contains on it one of the oldest, if not the oldest symbol of French Catholicism and Eucharistic piety there is. Our blessed Lord, in the form of a pelican, I wore it special for you today, pecking his breast to yield three drops of his precious blood for us, his sheep here in Louisiana. Under our flag. It's a Catholic flag. We don't even have to change it. Last but not least, we come to Cajun country. And if you don't know, Cajun is a bastardized form. The English just mess everything up. <laughs> we hate the English. You go, to, you go to Scotland and the Scottish people will tell you, we have one thing in common with the Irish. What's that? We all hate the English. <laughs> the English mess everything up. Cajun was for some idiot Englishman who couldn't say Acadian. Imagine how difficult it is to say Acadian. What is he? What, 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 what did he say? What was it? Cajun? What, what, what was that? So the term Cajun comes about. It sticks. Again, we lost our language. See Ross McKnight for details. <laughs> when you hear Cajun, my friends, I want to leave you with this thought. When you hear the word Cajun, replace it with Catholic. It's not Cajun cooking. It's Catholic cooking. Does anywhere going into it, does anyone travel to Germany to go get a bratwurst? No, but they come here and they expect us to feed them. Cajun is Catholic. We are known the world over as a place of love. Everywhere else in the world, they eat, they eat to live. We live to eat. Our Catholic love and joy shows in everything that we do as Cajuns. Everything. There's no exception. The parties we throw, the parades, that's who we are. And even though we have lost our Catholicity in many, many ways, still lingering, it's right there. If you'll just stand up today and grab it. The Catholic spirit of Louisiana right now at this moment is the beating heart of this state truly is. Does any other state in the Union or hell, any other place in the world have its own Navy? <laughs> we have the Cajun Navy! People in Hawaii were calling for the Cajun Navy to come rescue them. Please, come and save us. It's a fire, dude. We don't care. We just want the Cajun Navy. <laughs> That's who we are, my friends. That's Catholic Louisiana. Who's ready? 
to restore French language and Catholic culture. Stand up! Stand up! Today, we begin our reconquest together. And in my best Donald Trump voice, we are going to make Louisiana Catholic again. Yeah. Viva la nouvelle Vendée!